When it comes to creating a podcast for your company, you've got a few options. You can do it all in-house, either by yourself or with the help of a colleague or two. You can hire a full-service agency that will take on all or most of the non-recording work. You can hire specific freelancers for specific jobs like editing or promotion. Or you can hire a podcast manager to drive the project forward on an ongoing basis. Now, we have a lot of experience helping people produce in-house. And of course, One Stone Creative is a full-service agency that handles most of the non-recording work for the shows we produce. But the role of a podcast manager is a new one and a little bit of a nebulous one. So I wanted to talk to someone who is specializing in it. I'm Megan Norty, and that's what we're doing today on The Company Show. Podcasting to support your business is completely different than podcasting as a business or even a hobby. Whether you need more clients, more attention, or more engagement, you need to maximize the real measurable results in your business as efficiently as possible. The Company Show will bring you the strategies, the tactics, and the expert insight to make it a whole lot easier. Here's your host, Megan Doherty. All right, let's talk about each of these options a little more and some of the pros and cons of them. So podcasting in-house, this is when everything from show development to production, guest booking to show notes to promotional materials is all done by you or members of your team. The pros of this are that it can be less expensive, sometimes by a really large margin, than outsourcing some or all of that production work. And you'll be able to control every detail, which I know is important for many businesses. For some companies, it's also best to keep production in-house if a show is deeply integrated in other business areas and with multiple teams. Having all of the information and workflows and assets accessible by the many different people who need them can make outsourcing a more daunting than tempting process. On the other hand, we've got cons. It's going to take a lot of your time, and that may or may not be a resource you have in abundant supply. Now, of course, you can get a lot of time savings with automation tools and keeping the process and assets simple, but we found that many companies that start in-house tend to want to hire in a little help as soon as it becomes feasible. It also takes a lot of different skills. Figuring out the strategic role of the podcast in your business is a different skill than editing the audio, which is a different skill than promoting the episodes, which is a different skill than managing the guest booking, which is a different skill than SEO, and on and on and on, you get my drift. It's a lot of different abilities and skills and subject matters. It's a lot of different skills and wanting to be able to work with people who are experts in each of them can lead you right to the door of our next production option, which is the full service agency. So full service podcast agencies are pretty much what they say on the tin. They'll handle all or most of your production process. Now this can vary a bit from company to company. And if you're considering working with one, you should make sure to get very clear on exactly what is included. But most will do something like take in your raw audio, do all of the editing, both content and hygiene styles, mixing and mastering, that kind of stuff. They'll write the show notes, create the sharing assets, create a video version, and then schedule the episode for you. And they're going to drive the whole process so that you don't have to think about anything other than talking to people. Some companies will do a little less and others will do a little more like providing feedback, doing guest management, or even being live with you on your interviews and capturing the recordings for you. So the pros of working with companies like this are that the main management of the show is off your desk, and that's a huge time and mental space savings. You also don't have to learn or hire for specific skills like audio editing and show notes writing. You get to take advantage of a team of different subject matter experts all working together. With the best companies, you can also get strategic support around how to leverage your podcast within your business and track the impact of your show so that you're constantly improving and knowing that what you're doing is working. Cons can include that it's the most expensive of the options. Having a company take on the bulk of the work isn't cheap. And having the production process out of your hands also means that it's out of your hands. You're depending on other people to keep your release schedule, and that can be scary, and in some cases it can be disappointing. You also may or may not have your own dedicated account manager and other team members working on your show, which can mean an inconsistent output if people who are not familiar with the specifics of your content end up working on your show. 
So if going full service is a bit of a stretch or you have a really solid team with the interest and the bandwidth to take on some of the areas that are in their own expertise, then hiring a freelancer who specializes in one or two elements can be a great middle of the road option between doing it all in-house and going completely full service. There are many, many highly skilled audio editors who just do audio that you can hire to take on that part of the show. And the same is true of guest booking, social media management, writing tasks, and graphic design. The pros of hiring specific freelancers is that it tends to be more affordable than full service, and you're just adding the amount of skill to your own team that you really need, that you're missing, you know, while fully maximizing the internal resources that you have. On the other hand, a big part of working with freelancers is managing them and making sure that everything required from each provider is ready at the right time can be quite a challenge. It also means that each individual contributor's bandwidth and situation, like what's going on in their personal or professional lives, has the potential to disrupt your workflow, which can be a little anxiety-provoking and might leave you caught out someday without an episode to release. Happily, there is another kind of professional who can help bridge that particular gap. It's the podcast manager. So the podcast manager is a somewhat more nebulous role, as I said at the top, and in part that's because it's so new within the industry, and in part it's because the services that they offer can vary so much from provider to provider. Often they can provide strategic consultation, project management, freelancer management, and sometimes also regular production activities like audio editing, asset creation, and promotion. My guest today is Ted Craig, a fellow Canadian who has been a podcast manager for several years with a special emphasis on the travel podcasting space. He's also the host of the Travel the Word podcast and an experienced audio editor. We're going to be talking about all of the details around podcast management, who should hire a podcast manager when you shouldn't hire a podcast manager, and how to really effectively work with one. So here's our conversation. Ted, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. It's nice to be here. So I'd love to jump right into things. In this industry, there are so many different roles. There are so many different titles for roles. So from your perspective, how do you define what a podcast manager is and what makes a podcast manager different than other kinds of service providers in the industry? A podcast manager is certainly a specialist when it comes to podcasting. You can kind of relate it to a virtual assistant or an online business manager, but someone who really is focused on podcasting and everything that goes into it. They understand the industry. Probably they're very passionate about the industry. They inherently follow people and newsletters and these kinds of things to stay on top of it. And that's the kind of background and skill set that they're bringing to the role is that they really understand how to make a good podcast and how to make successful ones and especially how to sustain them too. And what kind of things does a podcast manager do for a business? So you mentioned they can be like an online business manager who takes care of all of the, like, the execution type work mm-hmm. or a virtual assistant who can, maybe does more clerical or project management style of work. So what is the podcast manager doing? If someone has a business and they're looking to start a podcast, it's a great idea to look for a podcast manager because they're kind of your go-to person who's going to help organize and keep you the host, you the business owner, focused on what you need to do, doing it well, comparing it to other things and putting it into context and relation because they have that expertise. So they may in turn delegate things. It's certainly possible. I know a lot of podcast managers who delegate editing or maybe graphic design or the audio videograms and stuff like that. They may do that themselves as well. But in essence, they really are the project manager who's going to direct the project for the host. So the host is still their show. They're the face and they're the voice of the show. It's the podcast manager who's the one behind the scenes with that focus on the project itself. Can you talk us through an example workflow? How might that look in terms of from the idea of an episode to the day it's released? Mm -hmm. Just describe kind of the episode in the life of a podcast manager. A lot of podcast managers, 
they usually start at the very beginning of the project before the podcast has even started. So there's kind of two phases. There's the launch phase where you're really planning the show in itself. You know, what are the objectives? Who's the audience? What offers do you have and how are you going to deliver those? And then certainly thinking about content and make an episode plan, thinking at least a few weeks, if not a few months, even certainly planning the schedule. Are you going to do this weekly, bi-weekly, arranging the cover art, the music, the hosting for sure, a website, all of these components that go into the launch. And then you get into phase two, then you get into the regular recurring production of the episodes. So it is certainly possible a podcast exists already. They've already done all that work. They've launched the show and now they're ready to hire a podcast manager to kind of take the reins, perhaps, you know, level up and improve the quality and just the workflow and the structure of it. When it comes down to basically putting and planning an episode itself, certainly if there's a guest involved, then you have those guests lined up. And a lot of podcast managers, that's one of their tasks is to do the guest pitching. They will pitch people to come on the show. Mm -hmm. They may pitch the host in turn to be a guest on other shows. There's lots of different tasks that they can do. Then, of course, the recording itself is done, but if the podcast manager is in turn the editor, they're taking the files, they're putting everything together, they're giving it back to the host for a final pass, a review, and then it gets published. Usually the podcast manager is the one who uploads the file, who makes sure the RSS feed and all the technical stuff is working well, handles any bugs or glitches, and then they may certainly do the promotion as well, making those clips and other promotional things. So... In any one episode, as we all know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Having the podcast manager being at least the one who oversees that project is crucial. Again, whether they do it all themselves or maybe they delegate other things, but it allows the host slash business owner to obviously focus on other things and really zero in on what their expertise is. It kind of sounds like from what you're describing that a podcast manager is going to be a single person who takes the place of, say, an agency or an in-house team member and really drives the project forward. So what kind of businesses would do best with a podcast manager, like as a single individual, rather than working with an agency who has more team members doing the more specialized tasks or hiring in-house? Like what kind of businesses will have the most success with working with a like single person service provider like that? Certainly my experience, I feel it's kind of the small, maybe medium-sized businesses, but fairly small. And the reason is really coming back to the very beginning of what makes a podcast manager different. It's the relationship. It has to be a good, strong relationship, and you build into that over time. But the communication has to be there, common vision, where you feel comfortable bouncing ideas. And as a podcast manager, a big part of it, frankly, is keeping the hosts accountable and saying, you know, what's your plan for the next episode or plans and stuff coming together? That's a good thing. It's a healthy, positive role because you're the one that's focused on it. The business owners got all kinds of things that they're doing. The podcast is a big part of it. But they have that person who's going to focus on this project itself and just be that second pair of ears. It's so crucial because there's someone else who really knows the business, who understands the message, what they're trying to do, and understands the podcast itself, who can then give that feedback and say, well, you know, maybe we should cut this part or here's a good guest that you can have for sure. And kind of just have that overall awareness of how it fits into the grand scheme of things, you know, the mm -hmm. message and the branding and the appearance that you're making through the podcast. With that in mind, you can imagine if it's a really big company, for sure they can have a podcast, but they would probably have a team and it's a different scope, let's say, of the project. Certainly when I'm looking for clients, the people I work with and a lot of other podcast managers, it is with smaller businesses, often online businesses and so on. 
but where you're really going to have that relationship with the host. I've had that really similar with our work. You know, obviously, we, you know, once in creative, we're an agency, we're a team of seven now. But like, just as you say, the relationship is such an important thing. And, you know, really getting integrated with someone else's systems, understanding their goals, being able to know enough about the business to be able to weigh in on whether something is appropriate or works. We won't get into the struggles of wrangling the talent, but <laughs> I hear you on wrangling talent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of companies, they know they want a podcast for whatever reason. You know, it could be, you know, because the other firms in their area are doing it. It could be because they're, you know, they're seeing the value. They love listening to their podcast in their industry. But of the different options that are available for producing, let's talk a little bit more about how to make that decision. Because you've got like solo provider, podcast managers, you've got agencies, You've got bigger companies that are more self-serve. Let's call them the productized podcasting services. What should people be thinking about or businesses be thinking about when they're making that kind of choice? Other than, let's say we've established a good relationship with your point of contact. It's a fairly new role. I mean, I've been doing this for coming up on two years. It's very new. And part of our challenge as podcast managers is simply popularizing the concept that making sure people know that this thing exists that it's a specialized type of project manager, basically, who understands the industry because the tech changes so fast. And we're into this as managers. And I chose this because I've been podcasting myself. I enjoy it. I was already getting the newsletters. I was already following yeah. people and just learning about it. So it's a passion for me to then share that information. And that's the type of thing that you're bringing as a podcast manager. And so if someone's looking for that specialist from the project, then that's what they should be getting, someone who really understands how things work. And it makes them a little different. If you were to hire someone from in-house or from a different agency, those are the questions I would ask. I need someone to manage my podcast and help me produce it. So how long have they been doing it themselves? Do they understand how things work, the tech and the skills and the industry and all those things? And you may have someone in-house who just does it anyway because they're interested in their passion and maybe they can become your podcast manager. If you're looking outside a house though or looking around, I mean. Yeah, there's some agencies, I guess. There's some of these websites where you can find people that say, you know, having their title, I'm a podcast manager. Often it's word of mouth and networking and Google search and stuff is certainly possible just to find the people, the managers that are out there and available. I think it often comes down to goals for a business. If someone's main reason for podcasting or their primary benefit from podcasting is really just having conversations with people, then kind of all of those extra details of it, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter as much, you know, as long as they're having those conversations on a regular, consistent basis. And then, you know, any service provider who can reliably produce the outcome of your own scheduling work can be a really good fit. But yeah, having that more personal touch, especially if it is going to be like a really strong arm of your marketing as a small business. So you mentioned, you know, you've been doing this for two years, you've been podcasting for longer. How did you kind of make the transition from being a podcaster to being a manager for others? Initially, when it comes down to it, it's really just kind of putting yourself out there and saying, I want to do this. I'm ready to do this. I did take a program. It's a great program. It's called the Podcast Manager Program by Lauren Wrighton. And she trains people to do this. It's a really good network and community of podcast managers who help each other out. That helped with some of the kind of background and getting ready. In the end of the day, you start with one client and Build some of that experience in terms of like the business and relationship side. I knew a lot of the skills of podcasting because I've been doing it myself just for fun for oh, about six years now, since like 2017. So when it came to doing it, I was looking for a career change. I wanted to work online. I wanted to have my own business, et cetera. And this was something I knew how to do. I had the skills. I like audio editing. I like the whole podcast production flow. 
So I thought, yeah, this is something I can do. And I like the variety too. And that's a good point, actually, because I know from my experience and certainly for a lot of us, every client, of course, is different. Every relationship and every project is different. So I have clients often where I just do the audio editing and that's cool. You know, it takes me an hour or two a week, let's say, and it's done and they do all the rest. And I certainly have other clients where it's the full scope and it's really digging deep into what their objectives are and what their show is going to be like and all that content planning, lots of communication, fairly regular meetings and all that kind of stuff. I love doing that too. I wouldn't want to do that all the time either. I like having the variety, a little bit of both. And that's part of what's appealing about doing this. So it's really just kind of, if someone's interested in becoming one, then if you already have that interest for sure in podcasts, you listen to them, you maybe have one yourself, then there is opportunities because people really do need this kind of help. Do you ever think about expanding your own business and having team members work with you who are maybe more specialized in one area or another? I mean, coming more Mm -hmm. towards the agency model like One Stone Creative is, have you thought about that? Why are you or why are you not considering it? <laughs> oh, I might get to that at some stage for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole other kettle of fish. I know. I'm just curious about your outlook and your way of thinking about it. Yeah. And the thing is, of course, this is not a passive income type job or business. Not I absolutely really. don't believe in passive income. I'm so tired of hearing about <laughs> passive income. Yeah. Fundamentally, the job is very hands-on. It's time intensive. And that's the nature of it. That's what I want. I want that relationship. Obviously, therefore, I've realized that I could only really have myself personally, maybe four or five clients at a time, you know, unless there's a couple others that are really quick things. But there's clearly a limit if I want to expand my business, if I want to bring other people into that circle, then I would need partners, I would need to outsource and that kind of thing and basically become some kind of agency. And that's certainly possible down the road. One thing for me, As we all know, in online business and stuff, it's good to niche down generally. And you can do that in podcast management. There are podcast managers who really look for like coaches, coaching businesses, let's say, and those are the people they work for. For me, my background is travel and tourism. I love travel and I want to particularly look for people and businesses in the travel and tourism industry who want to start a podcast, of course, to talk about their business, maybe their tour operator travel agency, maybe there's some kind of attraction. And a podcast is great to tell those stories. If they're serious about it, if they have the budget, if they want to really see it and they have a business plan that this is not just a kind of a passion project, but this podcast is going to promote our offers, it's going to get our name and our recognition out there. They have the budget to hire someone like me and we can work together to really build this into something substantial. So that's where I've niched down. But what's neat about this, again, is that as much as I try to find clients in that area, the skills are the same. So I do have some clients who are coaches and have other topics. And fundamentally, it's about editing their audio and just kind of giving them that support and direction. So flipping it around, let's say, you know, someone's listening to this and they're thinking, okay, having this level of attention on the podcast is going to be really valuable, but we're not hiring right now. We're not hiring Mm -hmm. contractors. We're not hiring agencies. But I've got this team member who's got 10 hours free a week. What kind of skills or qualities would someone need to be able to do this in general and also, you know, particularly with in-house as kind of upskilling in their own industry? Well, the biggest time-consuming thing certainly is the editing. (laughs) (laughs) AI is helping and I use the AI services too, but they don't do the whole job. That might be like a first pass, a bit of an edit, and I still come through with my own eyes and ears to make sure it's good, but that helps speed things up. Regardless, editing is the number one thing. And from there, it's about all the other tasks. You know, if 
the promotion, the little clips for sure. Writing show notes is a big one. You could have a blog that goes with your episodes too. So if you're doing it in-house, I would say really kind of start with what the skills and interests of your existing team are, of anyone on that team who's going to be interested in doing this and be able to kind of hit the ground running. There's ways to kind of work around it based on the resources that you have. Perfect. Yeah. So would it be, I guess, fair to say that, you know, the person who gets the podcast on their desk, they should be a strong project manager to start. They should have some tech aptitude or at least a willingness to learn and a kind of a comfort with getting used to. I mean, audio editing software typically has a pretty steep learning curve. Like once you get it, you got it, but it's not yeah. easy to look at for the first time. And there should be, you know, at least some level of copy, you know, an understanding of the marketing that's going on and what's going to mm -hmm. be important to communicate to the listeners. If you've got someone on your team who has some extra time and those things, you can have an internal podcast manager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's say somebody is hiring out and they are starting to interview candidate managers or companies. What are the red flags they should be looking for? And what are the green flags that they should also be looking for? It's tricky because it's a newer industry, as I say. So in terms of experience, you may have someone that really only has a few months of experience as podcast management, but you certainly want to ask about, well, what's their background beyond that? Do they understand the connection really between the marketing and the listener, you know, in terms of getting that message through and conversion? I mean, that's an interesting thing with podcasts because it's not like YouTube or other things where it's easier to measure those metrics. So you want someone who really understands, at least has a, an idea of how to pursue that and how to improve it. And we're all working together on that, really, to oh, yeah. improve the kind of engagement in podcasts. I think the passion is really what comes across, especially this day and age, this stage of this industry, because mm -hmm. we may not have the experience because it's so new. But if you have the passion, the interest, you're keen to learn, you're keen to improve your skills, then you're on your way. These are a couple of things I'd like to expand on and jump into a little more. And the first was AI and the AI tools that are helping. And I said that with air quotes for those who are listening and not seeing me. They are helping. But what I've found, and we try almost every AI tool as it comes out. We mm. try all of them just to be aware of what's going on. And some of them are really cool. Some of them have amazing functionality. Like I just tested Cast Magic last week and it's rad. But the problem I find with all of them, and that's the text ones and the audio ones, is that at least at the scale that we're working at, you know, doing 15 odd shows, the amount of editing and quality assurance time it takes to make sure that a weird little AI error doesn't slip through is basically equal to the time it takes us to just do things by hand. I just haven't found the time savings yet, even though <laughs> my favorite AI use right now is Adobe Enhance, being able to hmm. improve someone's room sound. That's been really cool, but it still needs a full editing process by a human afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. What's been your experience with that? Have you found one that like really does legitimately save time? Sure. Well, you know, a lot of it comes down to the recording, the quality of the recording. And I'm sad to say, uh, but also the voices. I mean, I have a couple of clients, either they're francophones or they speak English with an accent and the transcriptions and so on don't always pick up. Yeah, I cannot handle a French Canadian accent. Yeah. No way. <laughs> so that's one thing. If you do have people, again, if you're the manager or just the audio editor, clients are sending your stuff. If it's clear audio, of course, you know, if there's two people that they're on separate audio tracks, that's a good start to at least give the program the best chance to do its thing. But it's tricky with audio. I find that you always have to do a second pass. You might be able to edit a little bit. One thing I have gotten more into is transcription-based editing. 
So Descript is a good example of this. And even Riverside has started to do that in a few other places. But the cuts are so choppy. <laughs> it's so choppy. <laughs> it's getting better, but it is choppy. And I, I resisted for a long time. But at least with the transcription, here's kind of my mindset is that if someone sends me like this big 75-minute recording, and I know mm -hmm. that we want a 45-minute episode, so I'm going to have to cut out a lot. Like I'm talking big paragraphs, five, eight minutes at a time, which is a lot. Yeah. If I have the transcription, I'll read through it, and I know I can cut this and cut that as a big, big paragraph. And that alone is going to save me, I don't know, at least 45 minutes of my own time, let's That's say, point. of just skimming through to get down to at least something a little more manageable. Now it's like a 55-minute file, which I need to cut another 10, 15 minutes out. Descript's a good example. They take out these filler words, the ums and the ahs and things like that. You can set which ones to remove. They also have a thing where you can add like a little gap clip so it's not too tight of a cut that you can't really fix mm -hmm. or it's really finicky to fix. I'll often take at first pass from there into another digital auto workstation, audio software, and then do the micro cleanup, you know, if it's a word that's really cut off, that just sounds just too abrupt and things like that. So it's getting better. I'm kind of holding out and that should help us with our workflow for sure in terms of speeding things up. We use Descript for transcripts and for particularly useful for pulling audio and videograms. Really, really amazing for that. But I'll just see how they're... Filler word removal is now, you know what I wish they would do? And maybe just someone from Descript will listen to this. I wish you could set, like, remove 90% of filler words. Because, mm. you know, when humans talk, they use filler words. And it sounds human yeah. to have the occasional thing. But, if, you know, it's nice to cut them down a little bit. It would yeah. be cool to be able to have, like, a slider for how aggressive they were removed. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I have to look into this. I know that there's an option where you don't necessarily delete, but you can mute something. You'd still kind of have to go through it manually to choose which ones, but at least you know where they are. And then you can kind of slide over and hide it because Descript, like most, is a non-destructive editor. So that mm -hmm. even if you're, it seems like you're deleting something, it's really just hidden underneath. Perfect. Well, Ted, this was really interesting, really fascinating. Thank you so yeah. much for coming here and sharing your, your expertise. If people would like to learn more about your services, more about, you know, opinions and thoughts about how <laughs> podcast management should work. Where can they find you and how should they connect? Most of it's through my website. It's just tedcrag.com, T-E-D-C-R-A-G-G.com. I am mostly active on LinkedIn. That's where I find the most engagement and of course there are the businesses for sure and, and for me in travel and tourism. So a lot of people are there and people take the time to kind of read things and be a little more thoughtful there. So I like using LinkedIn. I do a little bit of Twitter and Instagram, but mostly it's those other two. Perfect. So all of the links will be in the show notes wherever you're listening to this episode. And Ted, thank you so much. Thanks. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for joining me here on The Company Show. I'm your host, Megan Doherty, and this episode was created by the whole team at One Stone Creative. Have you gotten your ticket for the Podcasting for Business conference yet? There is still plenty of time and there is content ready and waiting for you right now. It's the recording of last year's event and they are fantastic, just like this year's presentations are going to be. So you can learn more and check out the speaker lineup and our vast array of networking opportunities over at pfbcon.com. That's pfbcon.com. Talk to you next time and thank you for being here.